0: Hello, and welcome to the coach conversations podcast, the podcast where coaches have conversations about all things coaching. I'm Brendan LaLeve and today I'm joined by Nicole Karianas. How did you find coaching, Nicole, or as is often the case, how did it find you?
1: Hey, Brendan, I found coaching uh, after having my first uh, child. I was on parental leave after having Sophia in 2017. Wondering about the meaning of life and what am I? What is my legacy going to be? What am I doing? Am I happy with, with being in people and culture? What was my next, thing? What you know? What's my passion? So one day I was on the train heading headed to work and started researching um, the Institute of Exec Coaching. Uh, it's now called the Institute of Exec Coaching and Leadership because I had heard of them seven or eight years prior uh, through working at Westpac. And I thought, I, I must check them out. Maybe coaching is my thing. Uh, long story short, that's about four years ago now, I completed my accreditation with IECL. So that's levels one, two, and three. It was face-to-face at the time. Pre All of this was pre-pandemic. Um, and then moved on to uh, actually completed another course with IECL, the principles of organizational coaching and moved on to my through that that was actually a good pathway to a master's degree, but that's another story for another day. Uh, and here I am coaching um, internally and externally and loving loving it. Uh, I also became a ACC accredited, so associate coach with uh, the International Coaching Federation, I'm working my way through that next level of accreditation.
0: Yeah, up to PCC.
1: Yes, <laughs>
0: that's a. I mean, that's a. There's a lot to to chat about in there as well. Let's start with accreditation. We finished there. Let's start there. So, I, what was it like to achieve ACC status for you? Because I've achieved it, and and it it was for me. It felt more like I. It was something I did for the marketplace, whereas PCC when I got there. Was very much. I was like, "Oh, that's that's more for me." I feel like that's Mm. a milestone in my coaching career. So, and and it felt like it took forever to get to a hundred hours of coaching. (laughs) Yeah. So, how, what was the process like for you to to navigate into the ACC level?
1: Yeah, um, I started looking into it when I was on, funnily enough, parental leave again. <laughs> uh so this time it was with my second, uh, second time being on parental leave, having uh, had my second daughter Georgia, and uh, I thought, you know, I have some time on my hands. I need to start collating my evidence. Uh, and validating, you know, collecting my hours and validating that and uh, making sure I had completed all my uh, work for IECL. That obviously is recognised by ICF. And, of course, the big one, uh, I don't know if you recall, but there was an exam to sit. It's an online um, open book largely, but uh, I took that pretty seriously and was studying nonstop. I wanted to make sure that I was uh, mentally in the right place had mom over watching the baby. Uh, so it was pretty big deal for me, that exam. And I remember the biggest takeaway from this was how important the code of ethics um, uh, is and the importance of um, having that, rela- you know, that confidential relationship with the counterpart uh, and also the importance of contracting. I remember these things. I mean, we, we'd we learned about them through IECL, of course. They're not new, but the way ICF packages all of these was just really powerful. And so even to today, I'm like, I've signed a code of ethics. You can talk to me. And so it's nice to be able to kind of have that in the background as that, that you know, scientific or that evidence-based um, or that, that you know, black and white piece that you say uh, you can fall back on, so to speak. Uh, yeah. So did that, did that exam, uh, passed, thankfully. And then you get this little pin in the mail that says, you know, you ACC. And that was a pretty, uh, pretty cool achievement. So I, for me, I did, I did that for both from a you know, from a branding and uh resume point of view, but also as my personal challenge, um, you know, measuring, measuring that, uh, journey, kind of putting putting a start and an end to it from a uh you know from that journey when I was on my f- uh first part of parental leave, second time on parental leave, thinking I've also achieved this thing. Mm-hmm. Um and that's that's awesome. I've got some plans for what, what's to come next. But uh yeah, that was a nice sort of chapter one.
0: Yeah. I mean very productive use of, of your parental leave yeah. there and It is nice to have that recognition. Um, And every time I see a, you know, I hesitate to use the word experienced, but someone who has more coaching hours than me, uh, usually, you know, that their master coach in particular, it seems like they do nothing but contract. Like everything, every second question is a contracting question. And I'm like... But they obviously they achieve wonderful things, and and it's something for me to be mindful of is the contract is not just that you know upfront piece of paper. Show up on time. Let me know if you're going to be late or need to reschedule. And this is how we're going to work together. But it sh- it should be happening throughout you know all the sessions. And I remember there were, I saw a demo done, and the coach asked the question. The client had this big insight, and and the coach asked the question. Now that you've had that insight, what do we talk about next? Rather than just moving on to the next thing. And I went up after the session. I said, "Oh, that was such a great question." And they almost went, oh, "I don't even remember what the question was." But that was years ago, and it stuck with me. So, yeah. few tips in there for newer coaches as well. I'm like, just start your log straight away.
1: Yeah, absolutely. That <laughs> running.
0: Um, Because the first 10 hours will feel like forever and then it's like, oh, I'm at 40 or 50 or what have you. And it it sort of gets rolling from there. Um, Yeah. So I'm pleased that you managed to pull all that together and and get that done. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Thanks. When you do, you're right. When you do get that log happening, you think – and. Firstly, collating it retrospectively in my case, because I had been sort of logging those hours knowing I was on my way to ACC um, sort of through my work calendar and, and external calendar, but putting it onto the log template, you sort of sat back and went, wow, that is a really nice visual reminder of um, all the people I've helped, all the discussions I've had. And it's it's really profound. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was good.
0: Awesome. I like that. And then, yeah, you know, the, the second part was around the training with the ICL. We've done similar. I'm probably not as far through the the potential masters that you're working on. I've got the grad diploma from CSU. Is that? Yeah. yeah. I,
1: I finished the masters in 2021.
0: What did the, you know, postgraduate theory study, the principles of coaching, which is very theory based as well. And the more practical coaching skills training do for your coaching?
1: They did so much. I think it, I'll start with the theory side. That was pretty powerful. That principles of organisational coaching. Um, it, I was a bit smug at the time. I went, oh, I need to do this subject so it can be, a, you know, recognised uh, unit for you know my future plans around my master's degree." I'm pretty sure I know a few things about theory now. Yeah, right. Hadn't even scratched the surface, as they say. So um, that was an amazing subject. Awesome. And I still have the book. Actually, I brought it into the office. um, uh, And I'm going to leave it here for some of the some of the guys in my team, uh, which is the, uh, the handbook, the complete handbook of coaching. It's amazing in terms of the number of coaching theories. It's sort of the one stop shop. Lots of theories. Uh, my favourites in there would be uh, narrative coaching, um, and I love, and I'm still working on improving my ontological coaching, and getting the theory around that, which is the study of the the being, and mood, you know, helping coaching through thoughts, moods, emotions, language. I absolutely, find that fascinating. So that's the theory. Part to the to that question, but in terms of the skills and the practice, um, what these various units and what studying with IECL did is absolutely, and it, there's lots of role modeling and it, um, uh, practicing and and uh, observing others, and as you would recall, Brendan, and that was all such an amazing way to to really hone your skills. It's coaching is one of those things where it's so easy to sit there and go. I know what to do. I know how to do it. Couple of questions. Surely it can't be that hard. And then you get in there and you just think, "Wow, this is there is so much more, and this is much more nuanced uh, than I thought it would be." Um, but at the same time, you just have to dive in. That would be my biggest thing: just dive in. Don't overthink it. Uh, don't overanalyze your questions and create that respectful space for the counterpart to fill that 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 space really not it's not yours it's theirs so the practice really helped my um uh, uh skills in terms of being able to ask a question and listen for the unheard that's my favorite part listening meaningfully and listening deep deeply and and I do a fair bit of mindfulness and and really focus on my presence and being able to listen and be be present in the moment for that counterpart it's a i mean it's a continuous journey i'm sure i can i can do many more years of of uh, honing that skill but listening for that unheard and then contracting to say i you're saying this i'm hearing that do you mind if we explore uh and go go to that next next place Mm. generally people say yes um and if they say no then you've got obviously to unpack that
0: yeah Yeah, that's the, an area that I continue to think I need to do that more is around what's not said. So that's a good call around looking for that good intent for the next session that I do around looking for that what's not said, because often there's good value in there. And, you know, I I agree with you. It's like, yeah, I know enough about a a fair bit about coaching. And then you get into the theory of it and it's like, yeah, I don't know all that much about coaching, but how do I bring this in? Because... There was times, I don't know about you, particularly in the, the university component where I was looking at, like, why are we studying this? Like, why is the, what's the connection here? How is this relevant? And then I'll be mentioning it, you know, sort of talking through something with someone, um, outside of coaching and then it all got, the connection will get made and I'm like, ah, oh, that's why we focused on that. So, you know, if you understand the theory. Yeah. The practical gets better. Yeah. What's it like coaching internally from your perspective?
1: Great question. <laughs> I absolutely, firstly, I love it. So I'm um, a chief people and culture officer at Harrison AI, uh, which is a scale-up um, organization in the health, health tech, healthcare, uh, working on AI, as as the name suggests, AI solutions for medical device. Amazing, amazing place, amazing leaders, amazing people. And, um, Balancing that with being an internal coach and coaching internally, even if it's a coaching moment, and this is what I something a, a practice I've introduced um, in this organization as well. There's sort of three types of um, coaching that you, someone would reach out and ask for, uh, and that's completely separate from mentoring, from advisory, from any other hat that I wear in the organization. By the way, um, it could be a coaching moment. So it's 15 minutes, rapid fire or half an hour or whatever it is, coach me through this query, coach me through this challenge. Um, Or it could be a contracted, you know, can I have six coaching sessions over this um, amount of time for a particular uh, skill that I want to unlock or potential that I want to tap into or, or, or something I need to improve? Uh, or it could be uh, a much longer term um, and for various topics as well. We have um, introduced a leadership program that is based on executive coaching in the organisation. So I uh, often do internal coaching in that context, which is to embed the learning from the leadership program. I have to say that's a huge part of what I love about coaching as well, using the coaching space to embed the learning. Uh, and for 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 someone to say to to have a conversation around, here's what I learned. Here's what I'm going to put into practice back into my daily uh, routine in my role, and here's how I will hold myself accountable. So I do a lot of coaching for embedding learning uh, as well. I I have to say, um, all of these se- uh, scenarios and all of these examples are um, by and large. Fantastic and really successful and amazing. There will also be uh, the the every now and then the one conversation where uh, you feel that because you're an internal colleague, you find yourself taking on someone's problem or taking on someone's monkey onto your back and feeling feeling like you've just moved into their shoes and that you just want to reach out and reach out and rescue or reach out and, um, you know, kind of smother them with empathy, as I say, like just drown them with that much love that you're not going to help them. Mm. That is something I do find challenging because you can't separate. At times, you find it hard to separate yourself from that person's story because you have so much more context than you would have if you were coaching an external counterpart. And so through um, reminding yourself that a coach's job is not to solve someone's problem, you're actually not helping them. And through supervision, so going back and speaking to my mentor or speaking to other coaches um, and wor- working my way through that moment uh, or that challenge and kind of realigning realigning myself to my coaching purpose um, rather than, you know, needing to rescue someone, that's really not helpful. Um, that's the bit that I find super hard in, in terms of internal coaching, uh, in, you know, as opposed to external.
0: Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So pleased do mention supervision there. Cause that's, I was about to, I was reflecting as you were sh- sharing that story about a conversation I had with my supervisor recently about what I thought was something that was happening or the reason why something was happening. But through talking with the coaching supervisor, I'm like, actually there's a belief in there that I was not aware I was holding and it's not actually helpful, you know, so that Mm, I need to rescue belief or I need to, you know, the only way for you to be effective is for you to do this belief for my counterpart. So Mm. I was really pleased that my supervisor managed to unpack that for me. Yeah. A little bit disappointed when it came out (laughs) like, oh, I really think that. Okay. Well, at least now I know I think that. Yeah. I can do something with it as opposed to just continuing to go, why is this, you know, why, why am I finding this frustrating or disappointing yeah. or like, it's not quite as effective. Yeah. It's because I'm putting too much of myself into that conversation. So
1: mm, that's go. so good. And did you feel, did you think to yourself once you had sort of realized that, that, ah oh, bummer, I should have worked that one out preview, like prior to this conversation or not really? I, I don't, I, I, oh,
0: no, I don't think I wish I'd worked it out or that I should have worked it out earlier. I kind of wish I'd gone to supervision a bit earlier. About yes, it. good point. Because it was just like, oh, that's, you know, but I probably wasn't aware of it any, yeah. much earlier anyway to be able to do it. But it's funny how these little things just pop up and you know, early days I would have been like, what's supervision? Why do I need it? What even is it? Yeah. And And now it's, you know. I need supervision. When can I get in to to book it? I need to have a conversation about this and just work it out because it yeah, it stemmed from a desire to help actually. That's what I went in with around yeah, you know, this the way for me to add value is to tell and I, and I I knew that that wasn't correct and I knew that sticking with it was important. But I'm like, yeah, that's showing up a bit too often at the moment. So I'll go and have a chat with the supervisor and, and then we worked out why that was, and it's like, okay, mm. good. Then mm. you know, I can coach in a different way as a result. But yeah, I've been, been really enjoying the supervision sessions I've been having recently.
1: Cause that's good. Yeah. Mm. So useful, right?
0: Yeah. yeah. So good fun. <laughs> and yeah, you know, like you've got those three moments to coach there, I particularly like, cause I run a little bit of leader as coach training as well, um, you know, that embedding the learning bit's important because I say to people in the course that, you know, they'll go back to the office next week. They have all these new skills. They'll try and put them into place. They'll be asking more questions. They'll be, you know, encouraging and empowering and what have you using the skills and their team will likely go, this is different.
1: <laughs> yes
0: what happened? Oh, they went on that course. I'll just wait two weeks and they'll go back to telling me. And it's like, no, no, you need to, you need to keep going with it. Yeah. And when they do they people achieve amazing things as leader, as coach, you know, I've u- seen it used to generate, you know, good correspondence with uh, ministers because they were federal government or, you know, put together a briefing or work out agendas for planning days. You know, so many applications of great how do we do this and and an underutilized skill I think it's like no I need to tell because I'm the manager it's like you don't you don't mm-hmm. always need to tell sometimes a good question will get you there
1: mm-hmm. absolutely we have leader as coach as part of the leadership program that we run with our leaders um, with acls they they run that for us and the the number of us on on that uh, session that we when we ran that recently kind of really uh unpacking the telling versus coaching um versus you know what are the variables when you know what were what was my environment like when I was telling what was my workload like what was my stress level what was my what was going on for me that particular day that particular moment and how do you kind of snap yourself out of it yeah very important stuff
0: mm-hmm. Yeah. I used to, when I was internal, I used to ask my team, they'd come to me and say, Brennan, what do you think we should do about blah? I'd just say, what do you think we should do? <laughs> you know, the process to decide to ask that question was, is that within their delegation, is it something that they can manage? Is it something that will be good for them You know, to lead and to manage? Because often pe- people sort of say, you can't just abdicate responsibility. And I'm like, I'm not. This is their thing. If it was my thing, I'll pick it up. This is their thing. And my team caught on to it. And so they used to come to me and say, Brendan, what do you think we should do? We want an answer, not a question. Like, tell me what to do. And I would say, what do you think I'm going to tell you? And they'd get halfway through answering it, go, no, 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 no. You're meant to tell me. And I'd say, well, what you're talking about sounds heaps better than anything I'm going to come up with. So carry on. Yeah. Um, that's always a good application of as well, I
1: think. Good one. That's a really good framework. Thanks for sharing.
0: Mm. And then it's good that you have the opportunity to do those longer engagements internally as well. And you've mentioned one of the challenges, how do I step out of my chief people officer role and be the, you know, a coach that's available for this individual? How do you prepare yourself for those coaching sessions? You said mindfulness was something you're focused on, but is there another trick to swap roles?
1: Uh, I really focus on my my day. Um, I kind of split my days into four quadrants, if you like, four quarters, so that if I'm having a bad morning, it doesn't turn into a bad day, for example. Uh, and so really practising to to kind of, it's all about the self-talk, um, to say I had a busy morning, not necessarily about having a busy day as such or a bad day. It could be, you know, it could be that you had Um, I had a busy morning running something completely strategic or something completely operational, either end of the spectrum, and I needed to do a reset mentally, just cognitively around being in that coach mode um, rather than, you know, being too too, too strategic or too operational or uh, busy with a project or whatever the case may be. Uh, also things like, you know, have I had enough sleep? Have I had enough water? Am I in a good um, good place where I'm not being going to be interrupted um, and so on? So just the environment and the context, firstly for me personally, and then I I check with the counterpart, whether that's something that they are, you know, they're in the right frame of mind and this is the right moment for them. When we do get into that session, I do a lot of vocalisation around what it is and especially at the beginning of, of that relationship, what is an internal coach and how um, to help the counterpart to actually be able to separate when they're talking to the chief people officer versus when they're talking to a mentor or when they're talking to the coach in front of them rather than kind of um uh, from their end make a make a make the mistake of saying well i'm telling you this because you're the chief people officer and i want you to you know do something about it <laughs> and so it's a reminder and it's that contracting if that if that uh, individual falls into that trap it's a reminder that we're in a coaching session and we contracted to be uh, for me to be a coach that's what it means you're owning your your solution you're owning your answers And you need to tap into that potential uh, and respectfully creating that space for them to go back to focusing on on themselves. But in doing so, um, if there is obviously a genuine uh, matter that I need to pick up as a chief people officer to create the time after, before, whatever it might be, after that coaching session uh, to say, okay, now let's unpack that and what do you need me to do? What do I need you to do? And and uh, solve something from a from a BNC point of view, people and culture, as opposed to uh, that coaching. So mm. there's a lot of that that goes on in terms of verbalising and, and sharing, uh, sharing that with the counterpart. Uh, and then, yeah, it gets easier with the individual as you go, really. Mm. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I imagine that could be quite challenging if someone brings, you know, Something that sits in your wheelhouse, with performance management, you know, potential bullying, harassment. Yeah. You know, that desire to step in and say, "Well, here's the legislation and here's the policy," and <laughs> yep. uh, no, we don't need to do any of that. yet. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And and it's a matter of uh, sometimes it's like just tell me, just get me to the end result, just get me to the outcome. Um. And so we take a moment to slow down and say the journey of how we get there is going to make a difference to what you learn how you grow as a leader and how i how i help you by giving you your own your own tools and by helping you un- unlock your own self talk mm-hmm. so i actually do want us to slow down and talk about the journey we can get there quickly through this avenue this avenue this avenue we can get there slowly through Um, this avenue, be it a coaching conversation, be it you going away and reflecting or whatever it might be. But when we do get there, you would have sat with that discomfort of the situation for a little bit longer, which means you're going to grow as an individual because you've been out of your comfort zone for a little bit longer. Mm. So, and they're like, damn, okay, fine. (laughs) (laughs) If you say so.
0: (laughs) Actually, more efficient to go slowly, I've yes. yeah, often yes. found. Because yeah, recently there's been a lot of coaching sessions where people are showing up, going, I'm just so busy. And I've, I've had to work really hard to hold the the time for our session and I've got so much on and it's you know distracting them in the background mm-hmm. and you're like, okay, just like you said, let's just slow down. Mm-hmm. Let's just think about it a little bit differently. And then I had one counterpart decide that they were going to go back and talk to all their key stakeholders and um, check whether the work that was on their sort of program of work schedule, whether it still needed to be done because some of it had been asked for a while ago and things had sort of changed. So they went and had these conversations and a whole bunch of their stakeholders were like, no, that's not as urgent or that's not relevant or that doesn't actually need to be done anymore. We got information in a different way. Mm-hmm. And so then they came back and they're like, I'm not actually as busy as I thought I was, uh-huh. and I'm able to be far more targeted in wh- where I spend my time. It's like, oh, well, that's that's a great outcome. But if we hadn't, like you said, if we hadn't gone slow, we just rushed and did all the work and stayed busy. They probably never would have got there.
1: Yeah, that's so true. I actually had one of our leaders Um, today so this this one's uh credit to him one of our leaders um, in a in a slack message we were exchanging some messages this morning and he said to me i i i'm asking you this question it was just about you know when's this thing due or whatever it was um just to clarify i'm asking this question because i'd like to i'd like to keep my mental model in, in as close to the reality of my world as possible, and I love that so much. It's just about making sure that what the story I've told myself in my head, if I'm too busy, not busy enough, happy, not happy, actually is as aligned to my reality as possible. So that self talk and that narrative, the story we tell ourselves, is just so pro- yeah, so powerful.
0: Mm-hmm. How do you find the self talk shows up? Because you- spoken about that a few times now for you in the people that you work with how does that self talk
1: i uh, yeah a great question i talk i uh, wherever possible and if the counterpart is open to this i uh contract with them to talk about their their self talk and their narrative and the story they've told Um, themselves as a good landscape or a baseline for what is actually, uh, going on for them and, and unpacking that in different, different ways, whether it's, you know, using the village, um, method, uh, I think that was in level one or level two, I'm gonna not remember now. Uh, but it was where you kind of went to your, you know, the three voices in your head, what, what are they telling you? Um, and do a bit of that but usually as well I in the way I ask questions uh whether it's the question you know what are you telling yourself right now and just holding that space for 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 the you know for the counterpart to answer that then I'll ask it in a different way and I'll just get to the second layer of that onion and keep going until we get to the real what are you telling yourself right now Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that, uh, is really, uh, for me, I find that quite effective, um, but only uh, of course, as, as I've contracted with someone to, to kind of unpack, unpack things in that way. Uh, so there's, there's that, uh, obviously the questioning part, uh, but also just the, I, I guess the third part to this answer is around how they speak. And the language, the body language, the posture, the the face, the, 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 the small comments they make along the way, like, oh, you know, silly me, I should have worked that one out with, you know, before having this insight or, um, you know, I, you know, this happened to me 10 years ago, why am I doing this again? Or that whether it's negative or positive, by the way, self-talk, it's about either capturing it to change it or capturing it to celebrate it, equally important
0: yeah 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 that inner critic is dangerous to listen to sometimes Mm, yeah but good to like have it like give it a bit of stage time and and go okay i'm actually going to listen to you because it serves somewhat of a purpose Mm. Uh, but i remind people uh, as well that you know invite it out let it have its bit to say but all the awesome stuff that you've achieved so you know academically, personally, professionally, you know, in family life, with friends, in sporting endeavors, the inner critic has helped you achieve precisely none of that. So just tell it to go away sometimes or remind it what the scoreboard is and yeah. and get <laughs> the champion out a little bit more often. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Good but one. You
0: can get, get really caught in that, oh, should I do this or should I do it or why am I doing it or um, am I the right person to do it or. Yeah, all of that.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Just go, just go away. <laughs> Sometimes. You know, I, I,
1: yeah.
0: And it's interesting like, that they point around 10 oh, years ago, such and such happened, and uh, we still think about it as well. It's like if only we could hold on to, well, from, from my perspective, some more of the positives from 10 years ago. It's always the, oh, I botched that or I dropped <sighs> the ball there or I should have yeah. done better there. It's like you don't even see the people that you're thinking about anymore. Just let it go, Brendan. But, <laughs> well, appears every now and again, like, oh, that was a bit silly, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, that's so true. That's so true. I mean, our, our brains are wired to forget some events so that we, you know, by way of protecting us and and for us to, you know, heal and move forward. But on the other hand, there's just some things that are so deeply ingrained Um, uh, and you do, you tend to just remember the, 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 the bit, you know, that time that you stuffed it up rather than all the successes you had around, um, around it, whatever it is, whether it's a, a previous, you know, career, previous job, or a particular project. uh, And you think, wow, I need to, I need to deal with this and move on this past, you know, whether it's, you know, past trauma or past memory or whatever it is coming back to haunt me because my brain's recognizing a pattern. With what I'm dealing with in the here and now, I, it, I need to work out how it can help me move forward, or if it's going to hold me back. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, the brain's fascinating. I'm I'm nowhere near an expert talking about it. Just love, love the thought of knowing all things neuroscience.
0: Mm. What's your self-talk there, if I could? <laughs> <I'm an expert. laughs> You've done a lot of study. You've learned a lot of things, helped yeah, a lot of people. Good
1: call out. Thank you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> there you go.
1: Oh, too funny. How, How do you...
0: That. Yeah, that's all right. I mean, you've also, you know, you said that you, you know, check in a lot with yourself. I, I like the concept of the four quarters in a day because it means if one of them gets away from you, it doesn't mean the whole day does um, yep. as well, but... How do you, you know, check in with your physical self—the self the talks, the mental self—but how do you check in with your physical self pre-coaching sessions?
1: Uh, pre, I, uh, your pre-coaching uh, session, you'll find me having a cup of tea or a glass of water. Uh, you know, uh, walk. Do a. I usually do a. This is gonna. This is gonna be a fun one. I usually do a quick five-minute walk just to clear my head. Uh, whether that's you know literally around the office um, or uh, outside uh, whether if I'm you know if I'm working from home or whatever it might be on particular day where a, a particular day where I'm physically you know tired or you know had a late one with the kids or um, uh, not not having been eating right or drinking enough water or whatever it may be I uh, really have a bit of a check-in with myself that you uh, I know you're physically uh, tired. Can you still commit to this? If yes, then let's 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 recalibrate you. Uh, you know, afterwards, mm-hmm. uh, that's that to me is pretty uh, pretty important as well. Um, but from a, I guess the most critical uh, piece in all of this is sleep for me having having had sleepless nights with with newborns and the works and we've got a puppy at the moment so we're kind of going back to the sleepless night days you know please sleepless nights uh once again uh for me having a good night's sleep and knowing uh looking at the calendar knowing when i've got big coaching sessions coming up or big heavy meeting days uh make sure i'm in bed by 9 p.m or 10 p.m at the very latest uh and that you know, I didn't fall asleep watching a movie on the couch, and work up with a sore neck. Uh, that's pretty important.
0: Mm.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, we're waiting for everyone to be sleeping through the night here before we explore the puppy. Um, but
1: <laughs> Oh, dear. We're Good close.
0: And we're not quite there. It's just, yeah, it's like yeah. we do want something else that's going to wake us up in the middle of the night. Just now? Probably not, but there we go. What sort of yeah. puppy did you get?
1: Yeah. Uh we have we now have a 10-week old, we picked her up a few days ago, uh GSP, German short Hair pointer. She's this very cute. Awesome. Yeah. She's uh she sleeps all day and is up all night. So we we're <laughs> definitely in newborn territory again. <laughs> it's hard work.
0: Poor <laughs> thing. I remember, yeah, when I went back to work uh following the my eldest being born i said to the two ladies that worked with me if i say i'm going to do something and i don't write it down i'm just not going to do it because i'm not going to remember so can you prod me and tell me if i agree to do something and you see me not write it down they're like (laughs) yeah that's fine because Yeah. yeah but i think you know that's it's an important part of prepping is um for coaching sessions i know that you know historically i've I have done four or five sort of coaching sessions in a day and hitting the fourth or the fifth one, it's often a bit, I don't know whether I'm in my best space right now. I'm pretty tired. I've been doing a lot of listening and connecting with others. And so, you know, I just don't do that anymore. Especially because it's virtual now, it makes life a lot easier. The vast majority of my coaching is virtual. I used to do that because I'd be in an office block, yeah, working with a team, and so I was like, "Well, I'm here. I may as well do it." And now that it's virtual and the travel's not there, it makes life a lot easier. Around okay, I can space these out and yeah,
1: yeah. Make sure you're, you're you know look, you've looked after yourself so you can look after your counterparts. Yeah. yeah. I I I know this is not a physical one but I love I uh, I always check in with myself is if I'm about to give from an empty cup mm. and how do I quickly fill it um or or make sure that it hasn't reached empty uh and usually for me one my one big um trick in that is bec- uh, because we're you know as humans we love we love making um others feel good and because we love giving, I usually think when my cup is empty, I reach out to someone and say thank you to them, job well done, or reach out and surprise them with a compliment or with a with a with a you know a little chat or a, you know with a coffee or something. And so I find I I I give back um uh in sort of a small, you know, whether it's something super small, like a quick, you know, two-minute thank you message to someone, just so I can also um uh recalibrate uh the good and it reminds me of the good that I've done this, you know, that particular week or that particular day. Um and it makes you feel good. And so you're in this sort of really much better mood uh and able to keep to keep going with giving you up, you know, a, a part of yourself the next conversation
0: yeah I like it I've got a because uh, music's another thing that works for me uh, listening to music I've got a song that I, for a while there I, I still play at the start of every workshop that I run it's just the first one in the playlist that I play and it's Great. just a bit of a it, p- it picks me up I don't know what is it, it works. but yeah my every now and again with everyone at home yeah. My wife will hear it go on and she's like, oh, (laughs) you get ready to do some, you know, either a workshop or a coaching session. I, you know, like, yeah, just trying to, you know, Pavlovian my response into having a bit more energy (laughs) here as well. (laughs) That's
1: awesome. What's the song? I'm dying to know.
0: Boogie Shoes by uh, Casey and the Sunshine Band, I think it is.
1: Oh, Oh, nice. I like it.
0: Old school disco. Yep. There it is, and then straight into Whitney Houston. I want to dance with somebody. That's, that's what's on the that. workshop playlist.
1: <laughs> I love that. Love them.
0: So you know, and then we just move on from there. But yeah, I play. Yeah, I play a lot of music, not in coaching, but in workshops. And um, something I, I learned with some training that I'd done uh, in facilitation skills. And it surprises me how quick, like, I try and link the song to whatever the activity is that we're doing or about to do. So sometimes I spend way too long thinking through, well, what's the link here and how am I going to create it? Sometimes it's like, just put some music on Brendan. Um, but people clock it, they notice it and they're like, oh, that's cool. And other people are like, what are you talking about? Yeah. It's not for everyone, but yeah, (laughs) I'm really enjoying having the ability to have, you know, to play music and have music around, I think, it and it does help me as well. But I quite like the firing off a compliment or a, some feedback. That's cool.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, lo- I love music too. Um, we've got a few concerts coming up actually this year. We're very excited to be back out into the world. So, yeah. yeah. Who's it. on the concert list? Uh, there's, so I'm going to these with my stepdaughter who's 14 um, and she's very artistic, loves music, uh, sings beautifully. Uh, we're doing, I think, Bruno Mars in October and I'm taking her to, is it Dua Lipa? Yep, in November. And I have, uh, I've had no um. I've had no ability lately to remember any of the lyrics, so I've been given some deadlines to do some studying, <laughs> so I can remember some songs and look like I belong at the both both concerts. So I'll be listening to those two up until the day.
0: A bit of homework,
1: yeah, a bit of homework. I've been I've been given certain albums I need to listen to and songs I need to you know catch up catch up with. So I'll be busy. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I like it and you said as well as being you know able to coach internally coach externally what are the sort of clients or counterparts that you work with from when you're external to Harrison uh yeah it's
1: uh it's it's a bit of a collection actually whether that's previous executives I've worked with and maintained a uh, a connection um a connection with from a coaching perspective whether it is um, business business owners so uh, from founders to small business owners to, to to different types of leaders in in small businesses um, whether that's through the the from a corporate sense or from a um, even from a you know, non, non-corporate non sense. So my husband owns a tiling company uh, and his network uh, in the construction industry, he has a number of businesses that he's connected with. So I'm often um, coaching or having a conversation here, there and everywhere and love, love those. Um, and whether it's um, friends who are in various roles and who reach out for that, um, for that coaching moment, if it's career coaching or solving for a problem or um, embedding something they've learned, there's different topics, which is like nice. it's a great variety. Love it.
0: Yeah, lovely. Yeah. Any success in coaching your husband? Because I've had none coaching my wife.
1: Ah, uh, zero. <laughs> I was hoping you wouldn't ask that. <laughs> no, I'm <laughs>
0: he says to me, Don't use that coaching stuff on me. I'm like, I'm what? not, I'm just listening. That's all I'm doing. <laughs> not not coaching. On my intent here. Don't oh. stop it.
1: I think I what I, doing. yeah. I, I I once said, would you like some coaching? And I lasted about 30 seconds with that before I went into telling mode <laughs> and getting completely emotional and uh in a in a like a hilarious way, going, You should have done this and you could have done that. And it was like, nah, I'm nah, you're fired. You're not my coach anymore. <laughs> so it was a complete, yeah, not my best work, I have to say. <laughs> That's yeah. Too funny.
0: It is funny. I think it's you know I had a conversation with someone this morning as well about um, some of the coaching work I do with new dads, and um, you know the, the dad I was speaking with asked me, "He goes, what's your background?" I said, oh, "I'm an executive and leadership coach." And he went, "Oh yeah," and I went, oh, "It sounds like and mm-hmm. you know, maybe you've got some experience, or you you know you know someone who is a coach." He goes, "Oh yeah, my wife does that." So oh. <laughs> Yeah. So I'm completely across how that process works. I know the value of it. You, you kind of don't have to explain it to me anymore. And, and I sort of, I was like, oh, that's, you know, that's good that you've got that exposure to it was kind of what I was reflecting on around. Okay. Yeah. I don't have to sort of set this up for you any further than that. Um, so it's good that the awareness of it is growing, I think around what coaching is and what good coaching is. Cause you know, I still have a a little bit of a challenge with the fact that anyone can call themselves a coach, um, mm. and, or the importance of, of membership of professional bodies, you know, of which the International Coaching Federation is one, and one that I'm reasonably closely linked to having been a territory ACT president previously, That's um, right. but yeah, um, you know, and, uh, you know, uh, uh, the credentialing we were talking about earlier to demonstrate that commitment, um. And note that you know it takes a hundred hours to get a hundred hours of coaching up, but you can't speed that up,
1: yep exactly.
0: Yeah. and it takes five hundred to get five hundred, and it takes two and a half thousand to get to two and a half thousand so only four hours of coaching a week every week until the end of twenty thirty and I'll hit. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, and it'll, some, it'll come around so quickly
0: well I think, you know that seems crazy but i remember yeah. i was working in an organization in 2015 writing a strategy you know for the year 2020 and thinking that's forever away like <laughs> why are we thinking that far out and how are we going to get it you know all this stuff done but yeah yeah you know, type thing and then now that's obviously historical mm. so um yeah, it it's, it moves quick that, you know, that time.
1: Yeah, it does. It does. I love that you coach, you're still coaching new dads. I know that you, that's something you had started a few years ago. So that's awesome. Yeah.
0: It's really a, a, a real pleasure to work in that space just to help them navigate, you know, or help them, you know, support, not help, support. Um, them to to find their way through it because I just find there's this huge values realization. I don't even think it's an alignment. I think it, we're just good at ignoring it until we become <laughs> parents, or you know, and then it's like, oh, now that I'm a dad, I kind of got to do something with that because I can't just hide from it anymore. So, yeah, 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 so true. Good fun. We,
1: yeah, uh, it. I bet. I bet it be. So, it would be so rewarding. Yeah. we recently uh launched our becoming a parent program at work with um with with uh with Harrison AI here and uh being you know it's a gender neutral program and it's been amazing for our um you know moms and dads and Uh, You know, partners, of course, not just um, from an employee perspective, there's lots of things that partners can access. Um, And yeah, one of the things was how do we support um, the dads being a male dominated um, organization? We didn't want to leave anyone behind. Um, So yeah, huge, huge efforts from, from the whole family unit to, to raise a child and, uh, it's been it's been really uh, humbling to have been able to contribute to that from an organisation point of view in some small way.
0: Mm. Yeah, that sounds awesome. Because um, one of the reasons that you know I decided to start working in that space a lot was I had through my normal coaching practice a lot of new dads sort of showing up and, mm. and saying things like. Um, you know, i just become a dad was kind of the start. Congratulations, first of <laughs> all. And then it was, and I want to study or I want to go part-time or I want to be full-time stay at home or I want to quit or, I, you know, all these things. And, you know, I'm only entitled to two weeks leave and then it's kind of, you know, we'll get back in here and get on with it. Mm. And, um, you know, in talking with them about what sort of, some of the options were, many of them were saying they'd go in to have the conversation with HR or their manager around, you know, I want to take some leave or I want to, you know, be away from the office for a period of time. And the response would be, but we're going to be really busy here and we need you here and you're about to be promoted. And why would you put your career on hold? Like old thinking, Mm. if I can be a bit judgy about it. But then they'd say their partners, who often, you know, were working in the same organization or the same sort of field, would go in and say, I'm pregnant and I'm going to have a child. And the response was, well, here's the form, we'll see in six months. And mm-hmm. I find I have issues with both of those conversations. They, they're both wrong. They need to come together where, you know, as a mum. Yes, you you know, you've got access to leave and there's an entitlement there and you're likely to want to take some time. Definitely. How do we support you and your career while you're on leave? Oh, and for the, you know, new dads or, you know, partners, how do we support you to take some time off without it being seen as detrimental to your career? I think there's, we need both conversations to be better, which is pleasing to hear that organizations are making strides and taking effort in that space to support like non-birthing parents,
1: yeah, oh, absolutely. We are, so we offer sixteen weeks of parental leave, um, gender neutral and carer neutral. You don't have to prove that you're the primary or the secondary carer, and and doesn't matter what your gender is. Um, but also, you can take that sixteen weeks within the first two years of the baby being born so structuring you know taking some around the birth taking some when your partner's wanting to go to work and you want to step in and and help out um or structuring it in a way where you're working part-time and accessing part you know part leaf part part part-time work so financially you're you're pretty uh you know you're still the same ultimately that's that's been a huge um uh you know a huge piece around the flexibility um, with that. And the other one that's been really big for us is around the IVF, supporting, supporting um, uh, our people through their IVF journey from a financial point of view and from a flexibility point of view, um, also with miscarriage and early pregnancy loss. The amount of male employees who reached out to us to say, you know, thank you for making these resources available. Um, uh, you know, we partnered with the Pink Elephants um, uh, Network, which is an organisation that has amazing resources to support people um, going through uh, early pregnancy loss and miscarriage. And we have leave, you know, you, take, you can take leave um, for that. Uh, and, of course, another uh, amazing feature of the programme is you can take two weeks of leave when your, um, your child is about to start school. Uh, so you know fast forward five years and life is good the emotions come back when you're you're there with you know your office works list or you know looking for school you know shopping for school uniforms and uh, buying a lunchbox and all the good stuff you can take some leave for that too whether you're the mom or the dad Um, yeah so these these things are spot on how they have to be equal conversations and both, uh, you know, supporting, supporting both, um, uh, both genders and from a caring, from a carer point of view, that shouldn't, you know, that shouldn't matter either. So hopefully more and more organizations are following, uh, um, you know, that, that method.
0: Mm. Are you finding internally that people are showing up for coaching around, you know, either return to work? Uh, post leave or in preparation for leave as well
1: uh, yes, absolutely. and they're asking for those conversations. and so that's the beautiful thing when you put a a, a policy or a a coaching program or a, or a, a an initiative out there. it's not just it's not just you kind of really turn the organization upside down in a good way. It's not just finding the people to say, hey, you know, let's have a conversation. You've all of a sudden unpacked uh, an amazingly safe environment where people reach out to people to have a conversation, Um, whether that's, you know, I'm reaching out to my people leader, whether I'm reaching out to the people and culture team, whether I'm reaching out to um, an accredited mental health first aid officer, we, a few of us are um, MHFA or MHFOs, mental health first aid officers, um, reaching out around. You know, how do I, you know, how do I make sure I have the support before and during and after? Um, lots of conversations are happening everywhere, and uh, and that's beautiful. You're not having to tap people on the shoulder to say, "Can we talk about how you're going to, you know, what support you need?" People are self. Um, uh, self-identifying and empowered to have those conversations.
0: That's awesome. I like yeah. that, turning the organization upside down in a good way.
1: <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> in a good way as opposed to just yeah. throwing it all up in the air and seeing what fo- how it falls down.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
0: nice. Well, I've got my eight questions to close this out unless all there's right. something you'd like to you know, bring to the table or share at this point.
1: Oh all good. Thank you. All good. Let's yes. do
0: the eight questions then, as awesome. Uh, just whatever comes to you. rapid fire. Done. So the first question is, uh, Nicole, what fulfills you?
1: Helping others.
0: And what frustrates you?
1: Not helping others.
0: If you could recommend one book that everyone should read, what book would you recommend?
1: Atlas of the Heart, Brene Brown.
0: What do you most admire in your counterparts?
1: Their, um, hidden potential.
0: What's your favorite coaching question?
1: If you could do one thing differently, what would that be?
0: If you weren't a coach, what would you be? Uh,
1: what would I be? I would be a teacher.
0: And if you could tell your younger self anything, what would you be saying?
1: Uh, You can can do anything as long as you don't reach for perfection.
0: Awesome. Thank you for sharing that. Thanks for hanging out. (laughs) Pleasure. Thanks for having me. me.
1: Amazing. Thanks for having me, Brendan. Appreciate it.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode of the Coach Conversations podcast. To find out when new conversations are available, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from. Please rate, review, share and comment as it helps in more ways than you can imagine. And if you'd like to join me for a coach conversation, please email Brendan B-R-E-N-D-O-N at coachconversations.com.au. Thanks again for listening.